welcome. This is Victoria Schneps, and I am delighted to be bringing you Power Women. And today, Schneps Media is proud to have Bonnie Comley as our Power Woman interview. Welcome, Bonnie. Thank you so much for having me, Vicki. Well, you know, we um, now that I'm in this Hamptons world with Dan's Papers, part of our family of media, I was so happy to meet you and your husband. And, um, you know, I believe in women power. So I think when a woman sets her mind to do something, nothing stops her. So I, I would love to hear a little bit about you and your growing up. Where did you grow up? I'm from Massachusetts. What part? Uh, I'm from Bedford, Massachusetts. So it's right between Lexington and Concord, right in the Minuteman territory there. And very historic. And so it, would you think about your childhood growing up? Was there someone that was very influential or someone that you were kind of bonded with growing up that helped you be who you are today? Um, I have a lot of great women role models. Um, I have uh, five children. And so in going through sort of that, you know, handing down and the ancestry thing and putting the photo albums and everything together, you know, I was just looking at that again recently and how all the women in my family always worked. You know, I think that there was a time when people thought that, oh, you know, women just stayed at home and they took care of children, but I didn't come from a family like that. <laughs> they always worked. So from my great, great, great grandmother that actually worked as uh, what they called a mill girl in the uh, Lowell textile industry. So as a teenager, she was working in a mill. You know, my grandmother worked in a a watch factory in Waltham. You know, my mother always worked with my dad. They started their own company. Um, you know, people laugh because uh, they say, you know, oh, my husband and I have our business together. And like, isn't, don't you like drive each other crazy? Aren't you ready to like at each other's throats all the time for working together and living together and raising children together? And I said, well, my parents did that. So I didn't, I guess you don't know anything else sometimes. I've just, you know, I, I think it's not till like you get a little bit older until you look around and go, oh, you mean everybody doesn't do that? <laughs> so that was kind of, you know, how I grew up was, you know, in a in a family full of women that worked, entrepreneurs, couples that worked together, um, you know, raising children and, uh, you know, and starting businesses. So my parents had an elevator company. My mom worked for the phone company and my dad was in the Navy. And then when he got out, because my mother did not like that Navy thing, <laughs> he was mm -hmm. all the time, you know, uh, he came and he was a, uh, an elevator mechanic. And so, you know, he felt like I could, I could do that office thing. I could do that. And then he went into the office and said, I think we could start our own company. So talk about having uh, like real optimistic thinking with four young children, they started their own company on the kitchen table, basically. So my mother was a bookkeeper and my dad was out trying to get, you know, different accounts and, uh, you know, and they built it up into, you know, what is now one of the most, you know, successful uh, elevator repair and maintenance companies in New England. But I didn't grow up with that. <laughs> it wasn't until after, because it was so young. It wasn't until my dad was, you know, my parents were in their forties that they really hit their stride. So we saw them, you know, 
struggling, you know, with, uh, with a business on the kitchen table uh, when we were growing up. And it wasn't until later, as I said, that, uh, that they bought the biggest house in town and that kind of stuff, you know, the house my dad always wanted in the town that he grew up in. So, but you know, that's, I think you, you, you know, the entrepreneurship, the risk-taking, the, the women role models for me, I was just really fortunate. It was always, it was always right there. I like to be able to say it was in your DNA. I think so. I think so. so. And then to have five children, you beat your mother out by having one more. What was your configuration? Yeah. What do you have in the way of boys and girls? We have three girls and two boys. Wow. That's yeah. a collection. Yes, That's- it is. Only two at home. I, my two boys are the only ones left. They're uh, freshmen in high school. Well, I'm reading the book called The uh, Rivals with the Time of Abe Lincoln. And one of the men who ran for president against Lincoln had 17 children. Imagine that woman. Mm-hmm. God bless her. Yeah. But I think, you know, there's something. And, and then he was very sad when the last one left. Instead of celebrating, he was sad. How is it for you? Um, you know, we, we still have two left that are freshmen in high school. So we have a while. And, um, you know, I... I keep telling them that they can't go away to college. They're supposed to go to college, but there's plenty of colleges here in New York City that they can choose from. So, so I guess I do have a, a, a you know, some sort of that. Like I don't really want them to go away. I do enjoy, um, I do enjoy our kids. We're very blessed to have uh, wonderful. Children. I think you can't have five children and not want to have loved children. I think there's something in you that you know it, it kind of comes with the territory. But somehow you became a very successful person in your own right, winning Emmys after Emmys, awards after awards. So tell me where your career started and where you are today. Because you're doing something very innovative that I want all my listeners to know about. Well, thank you so much. Yes, you know, I mean, as you mentioned earlier, the awards are always great, but it's really about the work and about having a body of work. And um, as I said, I just always worked. I mean, I was working in high school. I was working through college. I was working after college. I didn't finish my master's degree on time because I did an internship in New York City and didn't and took the last, I had, you know, three semesters out of the four for a graduate degree and then left to, to, to get work. And so it took me a while to then go back and, you know, part-time get, you know, finish my uh, master's degree. But, you know, I came from Massachusetts, moved to New York City with an internship at Emerson College and, and just always worked. Um, the job that I got was as an entertainment reporter, uh, was one of the first jobs that I had. So I did a couple different channels and then I ended up on the travel channel. Um, and then that was where I met my husband, who was Mr. Broadway. He's all about Ooh. theater. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So my background was, you know, TV, film, broadcast journalism. And then I was covering theater for this TV show. So I met him while I was interviewing him for a TV show. And, you know, everything was about theater with him. And uh, so, you know, that always had me thinking, you know, how do we get the TV and the theater thing together? Um, And I think that even before I met him and was covering theater for TV show uh, about how difficult it was to really have the theater and that that performances sort of translate onto TV. It's very hard to just go in with cameras and make it look like it's not flat, make it look really interesting. Now, this was before the pandemic. 
this was before the pandemic. So about, you know, my husband and I have been married for whatever, 25 years. And so we were always trying to figure out how to get the TV and the theater business together. And he is one of the first ones that, you know, I mean, we didn't invent stage to screen. So our company that we launched uh, in 2015 is called Broadway HD. And Broadway HD is a streaming platform similar to Netflix. So you subscribe as long as you're connected to the internet, you can watch shows. We have over 300 full-length stage plays and musicals from Broadway and the West End, which is the Broadway equivalent in the in, in the UK. And uh, so it's the full-length show. It's not a behind-the-scenes or, you know, just interviews with a cast or something. It's actually the full-length shows. And that has been something that uh, growing up in Massachusetts that I didn't have access to going to Broadway shows was always something when I finally got to recover, uh, you know, and, and was a reporter for Broadway was I was always sort of fascinated with like, well, why isn't there more of this? Why doesn't everybody know about Broadway? But we're just not a theater going uh, culture in the United States, unlike movies. Do you think it has anything to do with the price of the tickets? I think it does, but it's also a priority. Um, mm -hmm. I think people just aren't theater, you know, because people will pay that money. They'll pay the hundred dollars plus to go see a concert, but they're not uh, as many of them as quick to buy a theater ticket. And I think there's a couple reasons for that. And part of it is we're just not a theater going culture at this point. Interesting. Uh, you know, we, unlike, you know, pre-pandemic, there was probably 85% of the United States population would go to see a movie in the movie theater every year. 85% of us. I mean, there's, you know, 350 million uh, citizens in the United States. But theater, only 15%. Mm. every year they're spending a lot of money but it's just the numbers aren't as 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 big they're just not but um, yet you know I just want to ask you I mean I do believe that how theater opens in this pandemic so goes the tourism industry and the whole trickle-down economy of Broadway the restaurants the um, hotels because that's got to be another piece of your life that's really uh, you've you know, produced and your husband is a producer. What do you see happening with the pandemic and the opening of Broadway and how your Broadway HD plays into that opportunities? Have opportunities come to you because of the pandemic with yes. allowing you to have more shows? Streamed? Yes. Our, well, we've certainly seen a real surge in subscriber numbers, but we're not alone. You know, so did Netflix and Disney Plus launch and all these other streaming platforms, because what else is there to do except for stream, you know, stream your entertainment. But I think that, you know, when Broadway reopens, uh, which is, you know, some of the theaters are starting to talk about their, well, not talk about, they're actually starting to sell tickets for September of 2021. Um, there's 41 Broadway theaters in New York City. I don't think all 41 in the same way that, you know, in March of 2020, the governor shut us down and the lights went out in all 41 Broadway theaters all at once. We're not going to just flip a switch and all 41 theaters come back again with all those shows. But I think it's slowly going to layer in. Um, and so there'll probably be like maybe six to 10 shows in 2021 on Broadway here in New York City. Hmm. And then that's you. Start, you know, in in the spring of 2022, there'll be more that'll start opening up um, with all of the new safety and, you know, uh, COVID protocols uh, that are that are constantly changing. Um, are you and your husband doing uh, any supporting, uh, producing any shows yourselves? 
we had a couple of shows that we were working on. So we had uh, two shows that were out on tour when the pandemic hit. And then we had one that was about to open on Broadway. So yes, we are always involved in producing shows. Well, you well, can tell me a name. Can you give oh, up a name? Okay. Well, we had, yes, we had uh, The Lightning Thief. We were involved with the tour of My Fair Lady. And we were working on the new Tracy Let's Play called The Minutes on Broadway. We also are developing several shows that are in you know various stages at this point it's like various sort of like way over their stages but i think as you know you know you mentioned the economic impact of broadway and i think i just really want to touch on that again because it is a you know a very special form uh you know a very amazing a form of entertainment is live theater and i think that you know in this country as i said we just don't you know we don't go as often as i would like to see everybody go but i think that you know in new york city the uh the broadway theaters are not only entertainment but they're also an economic driver for yes. new york city but it's not just for new york city any city that you go to around the world, you'll see that the, you know, the arts institutions are really the cement for a community. And when you see the big touring theaters um, that carry those Broadway shows, they are, uh, you know, the, the numbers around that for the number, you know, literacy is much higher in uh, cities and towns that have these big arts organizations that are in them and culture, the voting, the you know, sense of community is much stronger in, um, in cities and towns that have strong cultural and theater uh, organizations that are in, in the towns, much more so than a movie theater or a bowling alley. And I love bowling and I love going to the movies, but they don't have the same sort of community cohesive glue and the, you know, the economic impact that you have when you do have these big live touring uh, companies out there for Broadway shows. And so Broadway HD was, is always about supporting the live industry. So it's not about replacing shows. It's about another way to enjoy stage productions when you can't get to the theater or if you can't get to the theater. And uh, we launched uh, just a, almost six years ago now uh, with Broadway HD. And, you know, as I said, we, you know, it's, it's just- Well, let's put in a plug. Bonnie, yeah. put in a plug. How does somebody right. subscribe? Yeah, well, we're actually, we have every sort of app. So whether you're watching on Apple TV, Fire Stick, Roku, uh, the Amazon channel, or just go to, you know, www.broadwayhd, like highdefinition.com on, on the internet. Um, and you can sign up. We have apps. You can go on your cell phone and just go into the app store and look for Broadway HD and just get the app there. But it's not just about watching on a cell phone or a computer. All the apps are there that you can watch on smartphones. I mean, on, on smart TVs. So you can watch it on a big screen TV in the same way that you watch your movies, which is really important because I think a two hour uh, show is difficult to watch on your phone or your computer screen. People will do it if that's the only choice that they have. Uh, we found with our international subscribers that have don't necessarily have a, a big smart TV, but they're now have access to this, you know, to these Broadway shows and they'll watch it on their phone if they have to. Well, you know, I think your life has touched so many parts of our world from um, having five children to having creating a business to now having a new business that you have created with Broadway HD. What advice would you give to other women 
on how they could, uh, you know, I call them secrets to success, be as successful as you have been. And that's my words. I, you are a great success. What could you advise other women to be able to climb that ladder of success? You know, I think that it's so important to go after something that you really like. I think to chase something that looks like it could be, you know, a money or fast money. It's a very long career if you don't like what you're doing. I think that's the most important thing. I talk quite often about uh, leadership, and I think that it's always great to have leadership skills, whether you're in the, you know, on the playground or in a, you know, in an, in an office setting or any kind of business. But the the leadership responsibilities are really tough when you're running a company. You know, you're the one that has to look at people and cut budgets. And, you know, the pandemic is a perfect example of I had colleagues that were, uh, you know, running companies that they absolutely loved and they were thrilled with the teams that they had assembled. But they had to let them go. You know, that's a really hard position to be in. And I mean, again, that was really unusual for the pandemic. But there's other times when, you know, a department isn't working and you have to let people go. There are times when, you know, the the members of the team don't always get along and you have to let someone go or, you know, tell someone that they're just not right for a certain job or that they're, you know, something is changing about the, the you know, your business. Uh, so the actual leading a company is not as thrilling and and always like, you know, the, the end all to it. I think that, you know, you can have a, a wonderful position within an organization without having to be a leader. Uh, so having leadership skills, but without having to lead. And I think that the, you know, your, um, the final point that I'd like to make with your secret to success thing is for me, you know, as a woman born in 1959, I think that, uh, you know, I, I'm used to being dismissed, I'm used to being, uh, you know, ignored. <laughs> and it was all like part of what makes me stealth, I think, is that nobody expects anything from women sometimes. But I also think that you can't take things personally. So when people would say, you know, you can't do this, or you shouldn't be doing that, it wasn't me personally, although I know people that, you know, it's it's hard when somebody says you can't do that to not take the you personally. But I think that for me, the you can't do that, or you shouldn't be doing that was really a a a key to a door that led me to the next thing. Because if I listened to the people, the naysayers that told me that I couldn't do something, they were, if I pressed them on it, say, well, why can't I do that? They would tell me a reason why I couldn't do something. And if I could meet that challenge, then I could overcome that and keep moving with what I wanted to do. So I think sometimes people telling you, you can't do that is if you turn around and say, well, why not? They'll give you the reason or they'll give you the key to get to the next level with it. It's almost like no is when you start, not when you end, <laughs> you start. Well, I want to be telling everyone that Bonnie Comley, the Tony Award winning Bonnie Comley has been with us. And I am so delighted to have had this chance to chat with you. Until next time, this is Victoria Schnepp signing off. Bye now. Bye.